Greetings, film fans, and welcome to episode 42 of The Big Review Ski. My name is Owen Doherty, and as ever, I'm delighted to be joined by my two film-loving friends. They're my two movie-worshipping mates. They're my two big-screen-obsessed bosom buddies. It is, of course, Rory Cashin and Paul Moore. Bosom. Bo- <laughs> bosom or boozing? Bosom. 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 Bosom buddies. I was actually going along with that intro. It was Boosom. really nice for a second. Bosom, where you get those burritos. Does your English teacher ever listen to this and like wonder? I taught him how to speak. Properly. Hold on, what did I mispronounce last Boosom. week? Bosom. Oh, last week I can't remember, oh. but it was, another, <laughs> it was too it was, long. It ago. was also uh, wrong. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, it was uh, three Stooges. You were doing Stooges. The Stooges. <laughs> we're the three uh, Stooges, and we're bosom buddies. You should Jesus. rival Jared Butler in terms of accents because <laughs> you're up there. All right. If you'd like to get in touch with The Big Reviewski to tell us uh, all of your deepest, darkest secrets <laughs> oh, Jesus. or to chat about films and stuff, uh, you can tweet us on Twitter at Big Reviewski and you can WhatsApp us on 0800 The Big Reviewski. Um, this oh. week, yeah, <laughs> we've got an 0800 number now. If it's expensive, uh, we're American. <laughs> this week, okay, you ready? We've got not one, not three, not four, not five, but two big interviews for you. We'll be joined by one of the stars of Netflix's smash horror hit. I need to read this now because I always get these words in the wrong order. The Haunting of Hill House. The Hinting Hill, of House. The Hill Hinting House of House Hill. That's the one. Uh, Michelle Huisman. Uh, and <laughs> just having a tough day with words. <laughs> just an all round. <laughs> and we'll also have... Uh, We're going to have to send like, the written script for this episode to the listeners so they can read along this, what you're saying. This podcast will have subtitles. Don't worry. Uh, we'll also be joined by Irish star Chris Wally. He of the Young Offenders fame. He'll be popping by to say, How are you, boy? Decent. He yeah. speaks better than you anyway. He certainly yeah. does. Uh, plus, it wouldn't be an episode of The Big Review Ski if we didn't have some high incredible high clues. Yeah, yeah you worked it in there. And tickets Oy. to give away to Ireland's <laughs> biggest Harry Potter superfan quiz, a.k.a. Quizich. Quizich. Um, that's going to be coming up on Monday the 12th of November so keep an eye out on Joe how you and your Harry Potter loving friends uh, can come along to that it's going to be amazing what um, house do you think you belong to? (laughs) I want to say like I have aspirations of Gryffindor uh, obviously sure Uh, I I don't think no I I think I hate Slytherin boys too much sure Um, and I probably end up just being Hufflepuff which is I get a real Hufflepuff (laughs) (laughs) basically full of shit is what you're saying nice nice but full of shit nice but and also there (laughs) (laughs) just existing why what house would you be I'd probably be Slytherin. You're Slytherin. Oh, you're 100% Slytherin. You're all about the ambition, aren't you? Yeah. Paul, yeah. what are you? Uh, I'd like to think I'm a Gryffindor. I'm, no. I don't, no, you're never I do, Gryffindor. I don't think things no. through, but you're I put my heart into Gryffindor it. You're Gryffindor colours You look like Ron Weasley. But then again... I, I thought he looked like a washed-out Freddy Krueger. Oh, you actually do. <laughs> that's that's worse. Though. At least I'll take that over, like, being a Ravenclaw. No one wants to be a Ravenclaw. <laughs> no, one, no one mentions Ravenclaw. I they're think, just, I think just, I'd rather just, yeah. be a Ravenclaw over Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather that. Ravenclaw is kind of a cool name. Yeah. Hufflepuff sounds yeah. like Yeah, but you're really dry. Like, at least Hufflepuff. You know, like, they're having crack at those house parties. <laughs> I Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff. I feel are. Hufflepuff, like, definitely smoke weed. <laughs> Okay, I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, though, on The Big Review Ski, it's time for The Big Question. And for this week's Big Question on The Big Review Ski, it's over to Paul Moore for this week's Big Question on The Big Review Ski. What do you got, Paul? <laughs> Which Harry Potter house have you No, uh, <laughs> um, Yes, with uh, Rami Malek uh, tearing it up as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, which we chatted about last week. Um, this is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the first film that's kind of been on his very nice shoulders. He came through to prominence in Mr. Robot as a big breakthrough role. And I'm curious on that, what is your favourite breakthrough performance in a film? So, 
because uh, I remember him uh, obviously in a couple of TV shows. Was he in the Pacific as well? He was, ago. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think everyone was in the Pacific. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> I think yeah. I was in a quick it's scene. The same, in the Pacific. It's the same uh, band of brothers, uh, Saving Private Ryan and the Pacific. Yes. Every actor that's ever worked is one of those three. Um, well, what did you go for, Rory? What were you thinking? Uh, you know the way you always have questions about what you consider to be a breakthrough role. Like okay, obviously they've yeah. they've worked in a few things, mm. but this was the role where you're like, oh dang, like they can really act. Uh, so. I was trying to think what was the one performance where I was like, I'm kind of aware of that person, and then my opinion completely changed after having seen them in this role. Uh, and let's see if you can guess what it is. You're playing a dangerous game here. If you're trying to blackmail me, it's not going to work. You know what I want. It's not that difficult. such a freaky deaky creepy clip <laughs> I had two uh, actresses that came to mind and I don't I'm think I'm right in either and one was Nicole Kidman initially to die for which I don't think that is that's a great show though but no and the other was Reese Witherspoon in Wolf or uh, oh, no fear. Wolf, uh, fear which came to mind that's a less great show yeah, but yeah. also no so well, I don't know why that popped the, into my head the actor I went for was Charlize Theron in I don't know what Mon <laughs> Monster was it but that would have been years. like her big I think her breakthrough would have been Devil's Advocate, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still no. It was uh, Naomi Watts in Mulholland Drive. Oh, oh great show! Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she so kicked funny. off. I think in Home and Away, or uh, one of those Australian soaps, on here, but then she appeared in this completely fucked up uh, David Lynch psychological horror. And this was the first scene where we see what she was because up and, up until that moment she was super nice, just real angelic, and then she has an audition scene with an old creepy actor who like has his hands all over and then he gets completely freaked out by how overtly sexual she becomes mm. in the middle of the audition in front of 15 people in the room uh, and I remember seeing that when the film came out I was like holy she is fantastic and mm. she is fantastic and Paul back in Game of Thrones she's in Game of Thrones she's oh she's been announced as a lead, lead for, lead in, for the um, first prequel uh, Long Night I think it's called isn't it I don't know the actual... Uh, I think it's The Long Night. George R. R. Martin's calling it that, but I don't think HBO have given it the say-so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so but she, she's had a quiet few years, so it'd be great to see her. Well, she hasn't actually. She was in... She was with Lynch again for the re, remake, requel. I don't know what they're calling <laughs> requel. it. Requel. I of, like it. Um, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. And she was in Gypsy on Netflix. Oh, uh, right. She's okay. been in bits and pieces, but... Uh, I think King Kong is the one the Hollywood on the Hollywood radar was the last one. That's about 05. Yeah, and The Impossible. The Impossible as well. Oh, Impossible. As, as yeah. the mammy. Um, Which she was Oscar nominated for. Yeah. No, that's a great one. I don't want to hear that clip again. Have clip. you ever seen... Um, I haven't, yeah, actually. I've no, seen it, yeah. no. It's not yeah. a film I'd be quick to watch again. <laughs> it's fantastic, though. And she's amazing in it. Um, I will seek it out as soon as I've watched Crank. Crank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have Crank recorded at home. Um, he doesn't. <laughs> the one uh, that I went for, because <laughs> the, the one that came to mind, and I see I had actually picked it a couple of weeks back for Alan Rickman and Die Hard um, as a breakthrough <laughs> uh, like, film role, sure. being his first one. But um, the other one, I was like trying to think, what are my favorite films and where did they come in the chronology of those particular actors kind of careers 
and uh, I picked this one from 1994. Uh, another really famous actress now, but <gasps> uh, this is when she started off as just a little 12-year-old girl. Oh, I'm way off. My family was shot down by DEA officers. Three kids here. One of them is missing. Find her. He's opened the door. Please. From the director of La Femme Nikita. If you don't help me, I'll die tonight. I can feel it. An innocent girl with no one else to turn to. What exactly do you do for a living? Cleaner. You mean you're a hitman? Cool. 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 You can sum up Leon the professional that entire film in one word. It just is cool. Cool. And Natalie Portman. Um, yeah, obviously I didn't see this in the cinema because when it came out, I think it was like ten years old or something. But uh, watching it back on TV and on video, um, her performance is just incredible in it. And she's obviously one of the two uh, main leads. And then uh, with Jean Reno, and Gary and Oldman is one of the greatest and villains and of all time. Gary Oldman. Um, in there as well. Do you know what a weird bit like with Gary Oldman? He's obsessed with Beethoven mm. uh, in that film, and, and he chewing, actually uh, chewing painkillers yeah, as well, doesn't he? Yeah, but he actually played Beethoven in Immortal Beauty as well. Um, so he's just obsessed with himself. That's a great film, though. I, actually, I think I saw The Matrix before I saw Leon, and then went to see Leon. It's like The Matrix has stolen every great set piece <laughs> from Leon. It's like the ending. Oh yeah, Leon. Where have I off. seen that before? Exactly. Um, and obviously, she's gone on to brilliant and wonderful things. Uh, most notably, Queen Padme. In, uh, Most the Star Wars. <laughs> the it's not Star like she Wars won an Oscar for something else. Yeah. No, 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 no. She's uh, got that Queen new uh, Vox looks. Yeah, where she plays a whacked out rock star. Like that looks Oscar-y. Yeah, she is just absolutely superb. And yeah, as a as a kind of as a young kid, because loads of people are raving about uh, Millie Brown, isn't it from Stranger Things? Millie Bobby Brown, yeah. Millie Bobby, who's just the spit of her uh, kind of around that uh, era as well. But Leon, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. They've um, always talked about going back for a sequel. I hope they don't touch it. I think you can't oh, improve no, on it. it. They always said they want to go back with Matilda as a an older hit woman taking over. Spoiler: the Jean Reno work. Isn't that like, kind yeah. of what Bridget Fonda did for the American remake? The Assassin. A la femme Nikita. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Passan likes his female hit woman. He yeah. Might go back. Um, but she is just uh, superb in that role. So that was my breakthrough role onto great and wonderful things. That's What'd you go one. for, Paul? I went for a similar uh, actor of that age um, playing a character who, boy- boyishly good looking, but had years and years behind his eyes. Uh, and he sadly. Uh, no longer with us but uh, from an incredible acting dynasty and I think this speech always moves me whenever I see this film it's one of those I watch every year and here it is so let's just say that I stole the milk money but old lady Simon stole it back from me just suppose that I told the story me Chris Chambers kid brother to eyeball Chambers do you think that anyone would have believed it oh and do you think that that bitch would have dared tried something like that if it had been one of those douchebags from up on the view if they had taken the money no way, hell no. But with me? Well, I'm sure she had her eye on that skirt for a long time. Anyway, she saw her chance and she took it. I was the stupid one for even trying to give it back. I just never thought. 
<gasps> you just wanted to go on. <laughs> you wanted to go on. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was uh, of course, uh, River Phoenix in Stand By Me, which was 86, I think, released, the year I was born. But uh, a film that I always watch and you kind of see over the years, I, he's great in like my own private Idaho. And even in that brief bit in um, Last Crusade when he plays young Indiana Jones, you could see that this is a guy who could have pretty much done anything he wanted. Sadly, uh, he's no longer with us. But uh, yeah, in a film of great performances from a lot of adolescent actors, you've got uh, Will Wheaton in Stand By Me and Corey Feldman um, in, that, in that too. It's And Kiefer Sutherland, of course, yeah. as the bully. Yeah, River Phoenix just steals everything he's in. And in that scene, you just like his character Chris like from the wrong side of the tracks literally and just gets shit on by life but he, you can see he's kind of this nice kid underneath it all and he just in that speech he just conveys that brilliantly yeah three cracking actors Naomi Watts uh, Natalie Portman and River Phoenix um, if you have anyone who you consider to have an unbelievable breakthrough performance in film uh, as we said you can tweet us at Big Reviewski or uh, you can get in touch on that made up of 800 number as Perfect. well class we look forward to hearing from Sweet. you um, now though it's time for our example hi clue this is our little film riddle um, Paul, you've got a clue for us today. Literally did it as soon as you <laughs> came did. in here. I was like, what are you doing, Paul? What are you writing down? Ah, this week's I clues. I do other stuff. Oh, I know you do. I know you're busy. I'm not going to say this is right, but I'll give you a few lines <laughs> anyway. It really isn't. Okay. Um, bad birthday party. First line. Second line. Window and crow are a no. Can you spell crow? C-R-O-W. Are a no. And third line. Painful trip to church. So, first line, bad birthday party. Second line, window and crow are a no. And the third line is painful trip to church. Okay, we'll do a little syllable count. Bad birthday party, five. Uh, window and crow are... An, oh, jeez, I can't even count. No. Window and crow are a no. Seven, painful trip to church. Five, okay. Jeez, for... Jesus, I got job you got that <gasps> sorted. Um, okay, bad birthday party. Uh, what am I thinking? Old school. Window and crow are no painful trip to church. Painful trip to church. The graduate or kill Bill. Anything jumping out, Rory? The almond. You are correct. Oh, Jesus Christ! one. <laughs> yeah. Bad birthday is party. Is that because is that because I said? Yeah, that's definitely because I said old school. Uh, Kill Bill and the graduate. Oh, the omen is the middle point in that Venn diagram. You got the omen out of those. That's exactly. You're welcome, Rory. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin Hoffman was in all those films. So what have we got? Bad birthday party. Uh, It starts with Damien's birthday party. I'm doing it all for you, and uh, she throws herself off the roof in an awesome opening scene. The window and crow. The window decapitation. The most famous death, probably in the omen. I'd say the one you always pause to see. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I cro- feel like that that one scene set off the entire Final Destination franchise. That and the <laughs> yeah. that and the spike from the uh, from the, the church, church. Remember that yeah. was cool too. Uh, and the crow. Uh, am I right in saying the crow is always around Damien as a herald? Yeah. Is it crow. I, mean, yeah. I could be confusing with the second one though. No. The crow, crows are prominent throughout it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arano, obviously Arano, because it's the evil. No, no. No. And painful trip to church. Whenever he gets dragged to the church, he kicks and screams. And the finale of the omen takes place on the altar when Gregory Peck tries to stab his son through the head with a pickaxe. <laughs> and there you go. Listen. <laughs> and it's Halloween. Happy so yeah, Father's yeah. Day, everybody. <laughs> Relatable. Um, that's a great example, Highclue. And we won't be struggling through it. You sure it's not you old school? You got it so quickly, you sure it's not old yeah, school? Yeah. Straight in there. The graduate. <laughs> yeah. Um, though, it's time to go to the movies. Is this the scariest thing that's happened to you this Halloween, Roy? Listening to this music? Where did you find this? 
I find it from Annie. It's from Annie. It's from Annie. It's from Annie. Are we, are we we 40, 42 episodes 42 shows in and no one's just, asked what this is from I always <laughs> thought it was you singing it no it's when Big Daddy Warbucks brings mm, Annie don't to use that term around me ever Warbucks again. <laughs> uh, Big, Big Daddy, Daddy uh, brings Annie to the cinema uh, <laughs> along Thank with you, his Daddy. Daddy. who's singing this it's all the people at the cinema that, he hears like why because shut up I'm in the cinema and I'll be singing of the movies uh, speaking of the magic like they're of the saying, movies, let's go to the movies when they're in the movies. Yeah, because they're welcoming. Sense. They're welcoming them to the actual cinema. Who is the people who work at the cinema? Big Daddy. But the cinema. Oh, the people are working there. Are yeah, sing- are singing it. So they're the ushers, and they work in the wee shop, and they can sing immaculately as well. So they're telling people who and are at dancing. the cinema. The only to people they're go telling to the cinema are Annie, Daddy Warbucks. And Ooh. the other lady Always Big Daddy Warbucks Why are they telling people At the cinema To go to the cinema Because the film's about to start To say let's go Let's do it no. This is going to be amazing no, already no, there. no No And that's all we have time for This week folks Anyway uh, I had to break that down eventually And I'm happy I did We can't ever play that again Let's go to the movies This is number 10 It's uh, La Fanciola del West yes! From the Met Opera Finally! Roy I know you've been dying oh, For La Fanciola like, del West To come out uh, uh, Just man. tell us again Why you were so excited about this This was my like, Oprah Winfrey this was my, this was my Opera version of the Meg This was Just full on Ah uh, the Fanciola and I knew because I seen the East one, so yeah. I was like, "What's the West one going to be like?" And I'm really happy. And did it live up to your expectations? Beyond, okay. Beyond, I can't recommend this enough because I haven't seen it. And I don't know what it is. Okay, uh, of course, it is uh, the live cinema version of uh, Gianluca Pacini's uh, sometime opera La Fanciulla de West. I can't fucking move on. Is that a type of pasta? I, I think so. It's about Kanye West's favorite pasta. Ooh. That's what it is. Number nine this week is another new entry. Roy, you gave it a brilliant review last week, as in you thought it was brilliant, not that your review was brilliant. Uh, it's called the hit you give yeah uh, it was a very good YA type of Black Klansman story um, it's only at number 9 though I'd say it will do really well in America happy days well maybe word of mouth might uh, get it up all of our listeners more. they're all going <laughs> to that <laughs> pasta film <laughs> pasta opera and your West pasta uh, number 8 uh, is Venom it's um, great if you like if you don't take an interest in plot or logic you'll have a great time with Venom perfect uh, number 7 First Man it's good when it's in space it's dull when it's on earth these are great lads uh, number six Johnny English strikes again I refuse to see this film why are you refusing because to go and I, see it because I exposed myself to the first two and they were terrible <gasps> you yourself terrible and I won't do it again okay I don't care it's how many credit, times, it's, credit, credit, it's a credit card ads isn't it be honest it's a credit card ads Johnny English isn't that what started it? it was Barclays credit card and then it turned into a full film franchise like I, we have Austin Powers I don't need Johnny English no one talks about Austin Powers anymore where's he I was born? only thinking about that with Mike Myers he was borderline Powers the accent kind of fell into it in Bohemian Rhapsody uh, number 5 Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween Make it loads of Haunted money Haunted Halloween what did I say Haunted 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 You know what I'm like with words and pronouncing notions mm. um, <laughs> Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween by all accounts not as good as the exactly original Exactly half film. as good as the original <laughs> Okay uh, Number 4 Smallfoot Now Cara reviewed this a couple of weeks ago and loved it I I watched the f- I went to the cinema to see this and I walked out after 15 minutes What? Yeah I was like oh I'm not in the headspace for this at all Why not? But within the first 15 minutes there were already two really uh, saccharine songs like okay. it was all like yay we woke up yeah do you know the way in the Lego movie it was everything is awesome but yeah. it was tongue in cheek yes this was not tongue in cheek this was tongue in sugar you walked out of Smallfoot I did have you ever walked out of the cinema Paul 
I mean, obviously after the um, film ends, but during a no, film. No, I live there. Actually, <laughs> actually, I don't think I have. The only one I was there's t- only two films I've contemplated walking out of, which were Speed Two and Funny People. I did not care for Funny People at all. See, there's a there's a certain type of bad film that I will endure because I'm like, oh, this Hunter is- Killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, a- like I sat there and watched all of Alien versus Requiem. Oh, Alien vs so Predator bad. Requiem which is the worst film I've ever seen but it was the type <laughs> it's of nasty bad. as hell as well it's the type film. of bad where I'm like oh, I had a real emotional reaction to it but <laughs> dirty bad <laughs> but like when it's boring bad I'm like oh, life's too short okay, I'd so rather so just stand outside in the rain Smallfoot <laughs> that's really poetic <laughs> Roy just standing lonely it's outside like, yeah, yeah, Howard and Blade Runner you know like yeah I was going I've for seen movies that are in the edge of Orion in four weddings yeah. you, uh, you both see me how you want to see me <laughs> <laughs> number three this week is Halloween uh, yeah it's not very scary which is upsetting but, but you're you're a horror aficionado yeah but even people who aren't are like that was <laughs> aficionados aficionados uh, that was it's 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 well made. Some great callbacks. Jamie Lee Curtis is great. Uh, Judy Greer is great. Uh, great. Uh, I forget who the granddaughter is, but she's great too. There's a good feminist uh, slant on it. It is trying to be the Terminator Two of Halloween, but um, doesn't quite pull it off. And it's a huge, huge fucking box office success. So, as much as everyone's saying that's it now, no more of them. Mm-hmm. There will be another one in, I'd say, two years. Most definitely. Uh, number two is A Star Is Born. Now, controversially. Uh, one of the songs from the soundtrack came on in uh, the Joe office earlier on today and uh, it was just building up nicely working its way up the deck chorus Lady Gaga singing her heart out and then somebody switched it over and turned it off and there was an audible reaction and there were people like whoa what's hey, going on there because people are emotionally connected to that soundtrack you know, and to that finally film. got around to seeing it because I had uh, binged I think the entire Netflix catalogue for work for interviews which you'll hear of later of course Paul has um, actually completed Netflix I uh, lo- uh, really really <laughs> love the, the Star Netflix born. box set yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've done Netflix uh, yeah great uh, Rory's review uh, was on the money uh, Bradley Cooper was brilliant as an actor the, the one thing I say the makeup he looked like he hit the bottle for about a year before that like it was really believable he, and obviously I know he has his personal issues as well but he, it look, he looked haggard as hell in that film but yet he still looks 15 times better than any, yeah, any other human being <laughs> but um, as I think the biggest issue for this is that who are they going to put forward for an awards because you can make a case for Sam Elliott even the bits with Dave Chappelle I thought had a real heart to them um, Gaga is great and in terms of I was curious about is she acting but there's a final sequence and it's basically just a close up of her for five minutes and she does more um, she conveys more emotions in a close up than I've seen in in ages it's, it's, it's great she is fantastic yeah. people are saying like how I feel like you will have an opinion on this. Um, like okay. They're comparing her song in this to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard. Right, okay. Do you think it's of that ilk, that level? I think... Th- that, I, that iconic I level? I haven't felt that. Uh, you know how I feel about Whitney Houston I, and yes. all the, the great divas. Uh, it's mainly Whitney. Celine Dion to be honest. <laughs> and Whitney Houston. There was yeah. that nightclub we went to and you requested two different Whitney Houston songs. <laughs> oh, without the Did one you go for, uh, songs. Uh, Let me guess. What oh, did I go for? You'll never guess it. How will I know? How will I know? No, no. what? You'll it was a million dollar bill. Million dollar bill. Yeah. Real, uh, what like, a tune. Modern You're like Whitney. Naughty Whitney. <laughs> Number one in the Irish box office this week is Whitney Houston. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, Rory, you said Remy Malik, Brilliant performance. Especially that amazing sequence where they kind of recreate live mm. basically yes. um, but Paul you've had a chance to go and see it in the last few days yeah you? again um, Malik just commands your attention when he's performing but oddly for a really interesting fella Freddie Mercury they made his life 
not dull. Dull, yeah. It wasn't that much. And that's when you should really be invested in him. Because as a performer, obviously, you're drawn to Mercury, but he's such an interesting guy. But I just wasn't invested in him as a person. And there's also one awful scene when he's doing a gig and they have like these flashing colours for like Sydney, that Dublin. Was it was terrible. so cheesy. Yeah. And it jumped me out of it. But then again, it won me over just from the sheer energy that comes off the screen. I saw it in IMAX and like once you heard it, and even the rehearsal scenes when there's only like the five members of Korean and they're playing the bass line for another one bites the dust. You're like, yeah, this is great and, and stuff. The but the it music just wasn't it. interesting as a person, but... As a spectacle, apart from that one horrible uh, LSD trip, as best as how you could call it. Um, I, like I a boring it LSD trip, yeah. somehow. It was, like, visually really, like, nasty. It was just not nice to look at. Um, yeah, the music saves it, and I think maybe ignorance of the audience might save it. If you know nothing about Freddie Mercury, you'd be like, oh, eh. But, like, if you know even a passing, like, Wikipedia bullet point entry of his life, you'd be like, that's... That's not how that happens. Well, it looks like it's going to be around for a while. It's number one in the Irish box office this week. That is Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, we've got two big interviews on the Big Review Ski this week. The first is from the brand new Netflix uh, smash hit. Um, again, <laughs> just, it's, it's not because of anything to do with being absolutely terrified of it. No. Um, I've watched a couple of the clips. Uh, not completely freaked out by any of those. That's great. Um, which is brilliant news. Um, it is, of course, the house of the the hill that has been haunted. Yes. Um, uh, as we said on Netflix, and Paul, you were chatting to Michel Huisman. I did indeed. Really nice fella. Uh, a lot of people would have known him as uh, Dario Naharis from Game of Thrones. Daenerys is bit in the side. Marine, really, really good looking fella. Talented guy. Good for we him. All, we all like that, you know, on this show. But uh, really, really nice fella. He's the reason why I probably didn't do see as many films as I could because I had to watch ten bleeding episodes of this for an interview, which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. It's um, based on Shirley Jackson's uh, very famous uh, horror novel from the 50s I think it is it was made into The Haunting with Liam Neeson which is an awful Noam Wilson an awful awful film but this I is I didn't walk out of that that was terrible <laughs> and that was terrible she walked out of Smallfoot <laughs> I walked out of Smallfoot um, and uh, yeah in terms of storytelling it's it's a great horror TV show um, doesn't go for the cheap jumps uh, value stuff like character plot and there's an episode which you talk about in this in this interview, episode six, which is set in a funeral parlor. And anyone who's seen the show will know just what a staggering feat of cinematography and acting it is, because there are some sequences that feel like you're watching a play. They're continuous long takes. Uh, he talks about it here, an 18 minute take in particular. And uh, if you've seen the show or if you're yet to see it, you will know exactly what I say when you see it. Because aside from being really good horror, um, it's really well acted and directed as well. Mike Flanagan did it. So for somebody who hasn't seen it, I, uh, who does uh, Michel He play plays uh, Stephen Crane. Basically, the, f the film revolves around a family that spends the early part of their lives in this place called Hill House, and they have all these visions. And then they, they splinter and fragment and go their different ways. But these hauntings carried with them into their adult life. But there's a recurring theme or there's something that keeps them connected together and it is this ghost but they don't know why it is uh, and why it's following them and it all leads to this mysterious red room which is in Hill House and Stephen uh, is a sceptical he shuts all this down he's an adult he's like I don't believe in it and oddly he's turned that into writing horror fiction and he's a cynic but all over the course of the season he becomes to be a believer. So the Red Room pops up so that's Christian Grey this yeah. is a, a, like a, a, a universe crossover. An erotic 
Oh, really. amazing. With ghosts. Sexy. maybe there's Sexy ectoplasm ghosts. everywhere. Oh, maybe I will put aside my fears and watch it Ooh, tonight. Casper the horny ghost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Paul's chat with... Uh, I, I keep saying Michel Huisman. Is that how you pronounce his yeah, name? Yeah, Michel, Michel. Yeah, that's the boy anyway. He probably Mick, says it Mick in Mick the interview. Oh, he might do. Uh, here it is. Enjoy. You're the reason why I didn't leave my house over the weekend. I was glued to my TV screen. <laughs> How many episodes did you watch? I got through them all, would you believe? I, <laughs> I, I, I watched the first and I just found myself 10 episodes later where kind of uh, being scared for my life and also loving every minute of it. So congratulations. Oh my God, that so, <laughs> makes me so happy to hear. I also, I, I so hope that that people are going to try to do exactly what you did when it comes out, you know. And have, no, and have no social life. the whole thing in a weekend. <laughs> and have no social life. Uh, we'll, ju- <laughs> we'll jump right in, mate. Um, your character, Stephen, uh, the impression I got, not quite a bad guy, but not a good guy either. When you were reading the script, was there a moment when you understood as an actor, okay, I understand this character, I know exactly who he is? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that came pretty quickly, actually. I sort of right away felt for for the guy. I'm also really attracted to a character that is not quite a bad guy and not quite a good guy either. Mm-hmm. I love the, the the tragedy in in the fact that he, you know, he's like this, he's Mr. Success. He's the big author and has it all. But at the same time, it came with such a big at such a big price. Yeah, he, you know, selling out on his family basically, and they hate him for it. So it's like, yeah, was it worth it? I don't know. And he's just sort of like plowing through because there's no way back. And now he's writing all these stories about other haunting haunted houses that he doesn't even believe in. And then there's, I mean, that's one side of the coin. And then the other side is that. You know everything relating to the house, to Hill House, and to his family. He believes is it can be explained by uh, basically mental illness. He doesn't believe any of any of the stuff that ever happened in that house is real. And um, and it, it, as the season progresses, as you've seen, we discover that that actually that he's afraid for himself too. That he. He believes that he, that he's suffering from the same hallucinations. Yeah, um, obviously pitched as a horror, but I got uh, I have a family of seven, like the Cranes as well. I'm I have a big family, and I got a lot of uh, my instant reaction after watching is that I wanted to call all my siblings to make sure how they doing, are they okay? Although I was scared for my life, I did get that sense of you know keeping your family together. But with regards to the horror, um, the one team in particular jumped out, the bit with the character of Nelly and the neck break and how it kind of not, they went through the timelines, it really, really um, jumped out at me. What was your reaction when you kind of read that in the script? Because to me, that kind of brings everything together. All this brilliant writing kind of comes together in that one fantastic moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. And some of that, I wonder if if Mike totally knew at the the Mike Flanagan the uh, the writer and director if he totally knew that at the very beginning. Mm. But something like the 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 um, Ben Neck Lady, it, it, um, that is such a well plotted thing that 
probably he did know. But there's but there's many uh, small layers like that. The symbolism's fantastic, uh, true. Every without, episode, without yeah. giving it away, but you've you've seen that, you know, where towards the end, all of a sudden, we there's a big revelation about uh, the house, right? And and uh, mm. and then all of a sudden, in retrospect, you can play the whole season again and think, oh wait, this is not actually happening. Yeah. Um, I have to talk in particular, um, it's very rare you know yourself, you've done some outstanding TV shows and, and films, but the episodes in the funeral home, I hope you don't mind me saying, is one of the best pieces of television I can remember in, in years, in terms of um, cinematography, in terms of acting, it's, it's, it's perfect in nearly every way. What was that like as an actor to play off? Because there's so much like emotional conflict and resolution and catharsis uh, and how was it to film? Because it seems all in one take, um, that episode. Just your own, yeah. your own impressions on set at the time filming that episode. Oh, it was, it was, it's one of the most exciting uh, things that I've ever worked on. Um, because it, it, it almost, the episode almost, I mean, it's supposed to feel like one long take. Mm. In reality, it's about three or four long takes that we stitch together and, and you know, while there's a wipe or while something's crossing the frame, you can do that. Um, but an, an 18 minute long take is, is with, especially when it's with all the siblings, like with an ensemble cast, is so challenging. And especially if you still want to make it look like the rest of the show looks very styled. So. So it's not like we could, for example, just turn on the lights and have the camera turn around. They actually, I mean, we rehearsed for weeks with the cast, with the crew, and with the light crew. And, and they, you know, they had light setups on, like, computers for, like, every angle of the camera. So very gently, lights go off and then they go on in the other corner to make it, to make it still look like the rest of the show looked. Um... It was, it, you know, the, the overall idea is that the audience, although they likely won't even notice, um, but that they do feel that there's a certain tension in, in the scenes that just because the camera never cuts away. Yeah. And that tension is exactly the tension that I was feeling when I was shooting it, you know. It's like, yeah. don't mess it up. Stay <laughs> in it. Keep, keep on it. Because, you know, you have to also know that an 18-minute take, uh, you can't just stop and, and go again. Um, a take like that, I mean, that if, if we mess something up, it, it probably means that we have an hour of reset, of getting everything back to the first position, give the camera operator a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, it's... Um, at a certain point, you're running out of time, and you just know, okay, I need, we have time for one more. Do not mess this up. I, I loved it. Now I want you two to get good rest. What if I have a bad dream? Well, I'm sure we can handle any dream you have. What if I dream that you sent us away into the dark and we get hurt? Really hurt? <laughs> What if I'm so sad and scared of the dark out there that I put poison in me for years and years 
until my blood turns into poison. And my heart breaks right in half and I can't feel anything happy. Until I can't stand it anymore and I, I have to die. Until I'm on a silver table. It's my jaw wired shut. Would you wake us up from a dream like that? I actually can't wait to uh, watch it now after here. No, that. I actually think I know you're uh, you're you do enjoy some horrors, but not. I think you'll appreciate this because you can watch this as a drama. It's very six feet undery, but the, there are scares, but they're very cleverly used. It's not gratuitous, and I think Rory, you're a fan. You've seen it as well, haven't you? Yeah, no, it's 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 great. I think you can handle it. It's it's for the most <laughs> part for the most part it's more creepy than scary. Uh, but it is very well acted and just as strong, if not stronger, a family drama than it is. And did horror. you like that episode the six, the one in the parlor? I did. Yeah, I did. Good. I try to, I try, I try to keep telling people whenever they tell me where they are in the series, I'm like, oh, you haven't seen the best episode, and you haven't seen the best uh, jump scare mm. in it yet. So. Okay, I'm hooked. I'm in hundred percent. And uh, yeah, Paul, you've actually written a whole bunch of uh, other stories around. Uh, the show as well, which people can see up on Joe. Yeah, there's. Uh, he was chatting about see, uh, the potential for spin-offs and uh, more about the behind-the-scenes making of that episode, which is really interesting because there's like, as you said, 18-minute takes, which is incredible for any actor really to do and nail. Uh, so if you want to check them out, they're on site. Perfect. Uh, our other big interview this week on the Big Review Ski is Chris Wally uh, from the Young Offenders. Now people will know him as he's the tall one, Jock. He's Jock and uh, Alex Murphy plays the other one he's the small one Connor not Jock not Jock there you go so uh, Chris uh, since the success of The Young Offenders has actually been living and working over in London but Rory uh, he's got some exciting news uh, which is pretty much just breaking and uh, yeah yeah he has won the breakthrough BAFTA award for for best actor did he win it yeah yeah he won yeah, there was four actors. There's like there's a number of winners every year, uh, and it's broken down to like actors and cinematographers and directors and stuff. And he was one of the actors that won best uh, best actor. That's, That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, he he reacts interestingly because he's like, yeah, oh the BAFTA, <laughs> <laughs> but because he because the show is uh, co-financed by the BBC and because he actually does live in yeah. England now, he was eligible, which is why poor Alex was not because he still lives in Ireland. Gotcha. Um. But yeah, that's fantastic news. And he he was he has been nominated. Um, the award ceremony hasn't happened yet for um, the, best the, actor for the lieutenant of Inishman. Yeah, the Mark play, yeah. which Inish was Moore? over in Inishmore, 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 over in uh, over in London as well. So he's flying absolutely fine because he co-stars in that with uh, I think Aidan Turner yeah. is in that as well. And those are the they're usually the Evening Standard Awards, which. Um, are really kind of well respected mm. uh, in London theatre circles. <laughs> theatre circles. Well, theatre circles, yeah. we are. We're running them up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is uh, Rory's chat with uh, Chris Wally about... Uh, well, he's just been amazingly successful. He's just having a great time. Great work, Chris. So happy for you. Chris Wally, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. And uh, I'm not only really good, but I'm also super proud because... Congratulations. You've only just gone and had the most award-friendly week I've ever heard of. Uh, let's start with... <laughs> will we start with the big one? 
Yeah. How do you feel about winning uh, or, you know, being up for the BAFTA Breakthrough Brit 2018? Yeah, it's great. It's lucky, actually. It's not actually a nomination. I've just been chosen for it. So, you know, the, that, the kind of nomination process was a while back, you know. It was kind of a long process and, and getting closer and closer and then got told I've been chosen so there's four actors picked so so thankfully I don't don't have to go any further with it I'm there <laughs> it, there's, no, uh, there's no more worry about it you've no you, you, you've got that one exactly yeah 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 and how do you feel just, about just, it just the breakthrough br- br- the breakthrough Brit thing is just my contention so it's, uh, I'm definitely the Irish <laughs> Irish aspect not the, not the not the British but um, but it's because I, 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 I was able to um uh, be chosen because I've, I've lived here for like, this is where I live now so but um, I'm definitely definitely uh, a proud Irishman and not British absolutely so, uh, and that's I, a record I, show I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever question that you are in uh, you know one of the, I know, yeah, the but most Irish shows like, ever. I'm Irish <laughs> yeah well, I suppose as well, it's because it's a it's a British co-production, so th- that helps a bit when it when it comes to more international recognition. Yes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so tell me, like, what? How did you react when you when you found out? I was oh, geez, I was delighted. You know, um, it's just the opportunity that affords you. Know, it's for the next year now. You kind of get mentored by some of the, like like the leading people in the industry you know and and I get to go to all these BAFTA events and and meet these filmmakers and directors and get to go to free screenings as well and you know so it's 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 a year and it's the opportunity that it presents to you that I definitely am going to grab and and, and run with absolutely like that I, um, there's every every aspect of that sounds sounds incredible yeah no it is for sure so I'm I'm looking forward to now we have a uh, a launch night next next Wednesday um, and I'll get to meet the people from the industry then and then you, they kind of set up other meetings with, for you throughout the year um, so it opens up a lot of doors so I'm very excited and do, do you know yet who will be like your mentors for the next I year? don't know I don't but you kind of get to ask who you'd like who you'd like your mentor to be and they kind of set up meetings then um, you know so I don't know who it will be you know I've a lot of people who I would like to ask and hopefully they'll say yes but I wouldn't even like to say who now in case it doesn't happen I'll be jinxing it <laughs> but that, um, that, that ruins my next question is like who would you like to be your mentor if they like well you know there's, there's obviously people like I mean like Killian Murphy and stuff like that you know um, uh, and stuff like that uh, I think James McAvoy is another person that I really admire and stuff but geez, I, there's, uh, there's so many people you know I don't think this kind of um I'd be lucky to get a, to get anyone, so so I'm 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 uh, looking forward to seeing who I get. But yeah, there'd be a few people that would have been on the list. <laughs> and I have I have to ask, uh, how, how what was Alex's response when uh, when he found out the great news? <laughs> Alex, um, unfortunately, wasn't able to go for it because he doesn't live in um, in a. In in London, although I'm trying my best to get him to come over here soon, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but he was delighted, man. He's just so happy in the same way that anytime he's got news, we're kind of yeah, just we're just like such good mates, man. We're always just happy for each other. So he was uh, yeah, he was over the moon delighted. And I understand, like on top of that, you've also been nominated for your part in, in like in a play, like in, like in the in the yeah. West End. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah, I got nominated for Emerging Talent at the Evening Standard Awards. That's um, it's a really cool uh, nomination. I was just I was really really happy to get that because I kind of the people who've gotten that in the past they're people that like I kind of I've admired my whole life and it, it, it's just a cool award that kind of recognises people that have kind of are, are on the way up 
and the evening standards are kind of quite a big and quite prestigious theatre awards over here so so to be nominated there is really cool like I was at the evening standards last year but as a drama student there's like every drama school gets like um, I think it's like 12 tickets and so students can go but the students are kind of in a separate area to everyone else and they watch the awards so I was there last year watching everyone pick up their awards and watching uh, Tom Glyn Kearney won the emerging talent last year for the ferryman he's in you'd know him from Dunkirk and he's in uh, lots of other things but I uh, so so to kind of see him win it last year and then to see it as an audience member almost and now to be able to go as a, as a nominee is a, is a really cool thing and a lot of my friends from the year below at RADA will be up in the up there as well watching the same way I was last year so it's cool man I'm really really happy and that's for that's for a Martin McDonough play as well isn't it the it is yeah for the Lieutenant Minish Moore yeah and like the, the, when it came to the casting of this was he involved at all or has he seen the play has he given any he was yeah I was lucky that um, I think Martin's usually quite hands on with his plays if if they're kind of being done on the big scale he, he always wants to be very involved in the casting so so I had a few rounds of auditions and in the final round then it was uh, I kind of was going in to do a read on the stage and I just I was under the impression it would be for some of the producers and for Michael the director but then I, in I walk and then Martin McDonough's right there I'm like oh hello <laughs> um, so uh, that was uh, that was good to meet him and I met him a few times over the rehearsal process as well uh, and like obviously he's he's another uh, like fantastic uh, Irish related talent uh, out there because every time he does anything he he's the same. Like, does he give any? Have you have you asked him for any maybe advice or any uh, any any tips on how to? No, I haven't actually. Because I just kind of only got to meet him in kind of very much, um, very uh, very kind of. It was often in the rehearsal room and stuff. So um, I'm sure I'll catch up with him again at some point, maybe soon. I might send him an email and something like that. Um, it would be good to kind of to chat to him more we- in a kind of a a, a personal level and, and, and see what's up and getting her to write me a, a movie <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say you've got him in now so like if he is whatever he's doing next I'm like Martin can you not just put me in your next film as well yeah exactly because I, yeah, cause yeah, I yeah, have yeah. been we, nominated we, we, for one of your plays now so yeah exactly yeah 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 you owe me <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you, you really uh, you really helped out there uh, so tell me yeah, we'll see, we'll see. tell me um, how is season two of Young Offenders going yeah, it's um, it's. I'm not actually really allowed to say much about it. We just did some filming recently. Um, uh, it was like a ten day shoot, and I can't really say much else. <laughs> I have uh, people ringing me up, giving me out, giving out to me, and as much as I'd love to, and and I'm kind of actually quite bad at keeping these things secret. Um, but I'm I'm just gonna have to stay dumb. Um, Robert Sheen is in it because that was that that's the only thing that I'm aware of that's out. So, um, so uh, yeah, that's that's all I could say, really. <laughs> well, uh, uh, okay. Well, since you've got to be very uh, like almost like J.J. Abrams tight-lipped about everything, uh, I will only ask you two questions. Uh, wh- is there a is there like a specific plot reason why you need to be so secretive, or is it just that you, you want it to be a complete yes. surprise? It's a plot reason. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> yes, and that's all I'm saying while we're recording. Yes. <laughs> and kind of, yeah. Is if you could if you could uh use maybe one word to describe the, the Yeah, someone asked this earlier and I'd ruin it if I said anything, so I'm just gonna say mad again. Mad again. Well I was gonna say if you could use one word to describe the biggest I'd say difference or change from season one to season two. 
Um, it's not really. It's kind of the same. You know, if, if you like season one, you, you you like this as well. It's it's very much the same, on the same vein. Okay, I I really yeah, enjoy how 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 difficult it is for you to have to dance around. I don't know why it's such a big secret, man. I, I don't know why it's such a big secret either. I wish they'd just tell people what's just, happening. You can just tell me it's fine. We're all friends here in Joe. Yeah, it's yeah, not a big yeah, deal. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so outside You'll get of me fired. Oh, no, we, not not with all those award nominations. I don't see you getting fired anytime soon. <laughs> uh, so outside of uh, your fantastic. Uh, on stage career and season two of Young Offenders. Anything else on the horizon for yourself? Uh, no, I was lucky enough after the play and the series have opened up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities and stuff. Um, but just I'm trying to make the right decisions at the moment and what's right going forward and stuff like that. So, so uh, I'm not really sure right now what's next. We're just I'm just figuring it out at the moment. And considering that deep, like. On, on like a on a deep down level, Young Offenders for how big and how popular it has become, it is essentially a, a small Irish show about two Irish lads in a, in a kind of smaller part of Ireland. Like Cork is obviously huge, but like you know, considering how popular it has gone on to become, who would you say is maybe the most famous person who has come up to you and said that they love the show? Like that you were surprised. You're like, oh, you. You watched Young Offenders because I thought it was just about two Cork friends uh, just having the bands. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard one. We've met. I've met some mad people like over the last um, year, two years. I don't know. The person who I loved that we met that was a, that that really liked the show was Killian Murphy. I've just grown up being such a fan of his, and and he kind of comes from obviously he comes from Cork and has had such an amazing career. He's been someone I've admired and looked up to, and. I met him one night out with Alex, you know, and we spent the the night with him. And he was just such a down to earth, nice guy, just a complete legend. So, to to hear him that he was a big fan of it, you know, was just kind of gas. We were like, we're a big fan of you, man. Can't believe you watch this. Yeah. So, so he's it was a cool. He's just a lovely fella as well. Yeah. Is he in season two? Um, uh, not that I know of. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Chris, but, um, <laughs> I really appreciate someday. it. Well, you never yeah. know, or you know, you're just really never good at know. keeping secrets, and he will appear in, se- in season two, and yeah. uh, we'll all be shocked. No, I don't think so. Cute. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Chris, thanks so much uh, for chatting to us today. Thanks a million, guys, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon or something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Whenever yeah. whenever you're back home, you give us a shout, and we'll, we'll all meet up. Okay, so man, go on. Have a good one, buddy. All the best, bye, 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 If you're under the age of 16, you're classified as a young offender, which basically means you can't get in trouble. For some reason, they thought that our brains weren't developed enough or something, like, you know, that we wouldn't know what we were doing or something. I know, it's stupid, isn't it? It's plastic. It's not you I don't trust, it's Jock I don't trust. You know, like a Siamese twin, giant of the one brain. See that? That's called a suckerfish. That's gonna be your nickname in prison. Police are searching the coastline of West Cork for an estimated 440 million euros worth of cocaine that went overboard. This time tomorrow we could be millionaires like. I think how easy it will be to find a bail as well. I'm trying to find something wrong with your plan. I was looking around town for ages looking for the perfect bike for you. That's a girl's bike. It's got the the fanny dip thing. I don't want that. Fanny dip thing but it's got three gears.
So some interesting uh, wee tidbits there. Bits of tid. Bits of tid uh, <laughs> all the way through uh, that interview. And again, you can keep an eye out on Joe for some of those stories, uh, which will be appearing up there. But congratulations to Chris. And uh, hello to Alex as well, just in case. We kind of... Well, we've, all, just, we've organized points now. And so. Jennifer. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. and Jennifer and, uh, you know, Hillary. We've had the, they're all lovely people. The whole Peter. gang. The yeah, whole Peter. gang. Um, Glenn. Shout out yeah, to Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> big shout out to Glenn. Um, there are uh, a couple of big releases kind of in the next, just after this weekend, and before we get a chance to chat to you again. So we we're going to be covering those today. And there are two, because uh, there are loads of films released over the next uh, six or seven days or so. So we picked out two of our favourites. Uh, and Paul, up first, as we said, uh, we were giving away tickets to it uh, the other day. But you've been unbelievably excited about seeing Overlord. So excited. This is the film that took the attention away from my date for the evening, seeing Overlord, which was a certain... Rory Cashin here oh, next yeah. to me, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a little, what happened? We had you a two went on a date? Yeah, we did. Class. To see, to see Overlord. Because there's just three of us here, and well, that's two of the people was, out of the three going was on a only, date together. There was only two tickets, and we assumed okay. you were at home catching up on The Hill of the Hill of the Hill. Gotcha. <laughs> love, love that show. So, yeah, as anyone would have listened the last few weeks, you know how I think we're all ridiculously excited for this. Well, this um, was, I feel like, your Meg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it had like World War Two zombies. I didn't need anything else. I don't need to know a plot. With a Russell. Yes. <laughs> so if you do need to know a plot, if you're one of those people, essentially uh, the film starts with a paratrooper group who are flying into France, Operation Overlord, which is, anyone knows their history, that was the D-Day landings and flying beyonds. And um, just like Same Private Ryan, it picks up straight into the action and there's a fantastic set piece, uh, which I'm not going to say. And then they land in France and they have to make their way to a uh, installation, a castle, an installation, uh, knock it out because it's uh, German Nazi communications and uh, they obviously take out the infrastructure of Nazi Germany, infiltrate it so the Allies can pass, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, but then things take a sinister turn because there's dark uh, history to this castle where they're doing experimentation on soldiers and not everything is as it seems. Nazi stuff. Nazi, Nazi stuff. stuff. Those Nazi Bad bastards. Nazi stuff. shorthanded as Nazi stuff. They never do good things. What they I can, invented Nazis are bad. But this stuff no, really happened. Right. They, they, they did do some freaky Fanta. experiments. You know, this is sort of, well, obviously not with zombies. Well, um, before, before we hear your view of it, uh, here's a little clip of Overlord. Nazi stuff. Welcome to France. What happened here? Some questions don't have good answers. There's a lot of soldiers out there, and there's only four of us. Find out what's inside that compound. What was happening? I, there. Yeah, there, was terrified. Some, there was a moment of silence. Was like, oh, I was like, I can talk. No, wow. Can talk. Um, well, did it <laughs> live up to your excitement? As anyone was listening to the podcast last few weeks, you know, I was pumped for Predator and Apostle because I thought what I was going to get from those two films um, were kind of written on the tin, but they kind of didn't deliver in the way. In many ways, Overlord did, and I had so much fun watching it. Um, uh, in terms of the actors, there's not that much of an all-star cast on it. The, probably the biggest name you'd know is Pilo Asbik, who's uh, Euron Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. He plays a, a Nazi villain, and, and he's quite good. Uh, Rory mentioned you've got Wyatt Russell, 
as the lead uh, actor who's kind of this um, commander they meet behind the lines who kind of knows the train is going to show him Oddly, they make an, a bad mistake, in my opinion, because they've spent a lot of time with him and he's just not a great actor, if I'm being well, perfectly he's honest. You didn't like White Russell? I didn't think he was that great. I no. thought the lead actor was bad. Are you uh, talking about uh, Joven Adipa? The, the kind of the sure, rookie guy? The lead guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought he was bad. Um, and dull. Well, his, he was kind of conscientious objector, wasn't he? He's a bit of a weakling. Yeah. So, but you're throwing him in to face zombies. He's not going to be that, <laughs> yeah. uh, that strong. He's going to die. But well, what I not. do like is that there's a lot of other good, there's a great heroine in it called, uh, her name is Mathilde Olivier, very French, and she's very good. Um, there's a sequence as well in particular that doesn't rely on the blood with Pilo Asbeek, and it has that kind of sinister uh, menace to him. He carries that very well. If you know Game of Thrones, you'll know exactly what it is. Ultimately, though, you come into a film like this and you know you want gore, you want blood, and in that sense, it does deliver to a certain point, and I was really with the film, um, uh, there's twists and turns some of the cinematography is great he knows how to say the set piece but it ultimately gets to the end and I'm not going to give too much away or any of it yeah any away and I'm like don't make this plot decision please don't make this plot decision please don't make this plot decision and they do and it takes it away from being like a like a Roger Corman type horror World War 2 film into kind of a superhero genre and it's like Ugh, I could have lived without that but by that point it has so much goodwill in my view stocked up that I kind of overlook it it's it's a blast to be honest. In, in, if I was pitching it, it's like a weird mix of Predator, Saving Private Ryan, and that uh, old game you might remember, Castle Wolfenstein. Um, and I hope um, I'm not. This isn't a spoiler or anything like that. Uh, in terms of the ending, I hope they kind of go back and explore this world because you know those Nazis are evil as shit, and I'm sure someone got away to do some different experiments. Um, I would I would love to see them go back into this world because it was bonkers. And I had a lot of fun at it, really did. I, I have a feeling I'll watch this in about a year, two years' time, and I'll probably pick up more stuff and probably go with it now. That's what I thought of anyway. Mm. Happy days, mm. Overlord, uh, which is going to be released in Irish cinemas on the 7th of November, so keep an eye out for that. And before, sorry, just yeah, real yeah, quick, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. Uh, yeah. no connection yeah. to Cloverfield. Yeah. No. Oh, because oh, all right. So this is JJ um, Abrams uh, and his production company, Bad Robot, yeah. are behind uh, Overlord, and they always hint at these little connections between Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Was there any more? Cloverfield. Yes. Uh, yeah, oh, as well. Oh God. Remember? Yeah, that was terrible. Oh. <laughs> a shout out to director Julius Avery, who I didn't know anything he'd done Julius! before. But uh, he, uh, it's it's a weird hybrid. It's like there's part of it's our horror beats, there's parts of it are action beats, and there parts of are war beats, and he's clearly well verse in the three genres because it could have really um he could have really dropped the ball and won them but like he knows how to he knows how to shoot good action um and the horror stuff was was gory as hell so yeah i left i, I got exactly what i wanted from it to be honest happy days you stayed for the full film he did because yeah. <laughs> it's not small <laughs> i don't go halves on my dates with rory that, yeah you go oh. in or you go home Want to invite me the next time, will you? No. Okay. Uh, the other new release that's going to be out on the sixth of uh, October. Why did I say October? November. Living in the past, man. Um, is Widows. Now, a couple of weeks back, we were talking about our most kind of uh, or the films that we were most excited about, and this one, all the trailers that have been released for it, I just I'm getting so excited about it. I'm actually a little bit jealous that uh, you've had a chance to see it, Rory. But uh, just tell us what it's about. It is about a group of widows who are led by Viola Davis. All their husbands were in a criminal gang together and they were killed in a police shootout. Um, and they had recently stolen $2 million from a crooked politician who sends his heavies to the widows to kind of collect the debt. Uh, and they have been given 
Well, they come across a set of plans knowing that their husbands had the next job already set up uh, and they decided to do it themselves. Yeah, here's a little clip of Viola Davis and her gals in action. Something happened tonight, something bad. Our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own. They stole a lot of money. And now people want it from us. Now the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. My God. Yeah. Now, this, Roy, we were chatting about this the other day in the office. Um, yeah. This is an unbelievable cast. It's gonna. It's tough to to remember them all. Viola Davis. Yes. Liam Neeson. Yes. Cuddle Fatty. Cuddle Fatty. Robert Duval. Yes. Elizabeth Debicki. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Daniel Aluya. Kaluya. Kaluya. Yeah. Um, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. John Berntal. John Berntal. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia Erivo who was in Bad oh, Times was great, at yeah. El Royale and uh, she's fantastic in this as well I'm sure there's two or three more in there I'm forgetting already did we say Michelle Rodriguez? we did we did did we say, say her twice we did <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to throw all of them again it's an all star cast when people yeah. say you know, this is a properly all star yeah, cast plus it's directed by Steve McQueen who previously directed Hunger, Shame and 12 Years a Slave and it's written by Gillian Flynn who uh, was the author of Gone Girl and Sharp Objects and I think this is her first direct uh, thing that isn't based on one of her own books right. for, the, for the big screen as well. So, so basically, in every kind of aspect of this film, you have like class, unbelievable class talent coming together for this. So please, please, please tell me, is it any good? It's very good. Yes, <laughs> it's very, very good. yes. It, like they perform, like my love so for happy. my love for Viola Davis knows no ends. Like she, everything she's in, she's probably the best thing in uh, and no matter what she's in it's elevated because she's involved and she's just a staggering actress and it's so people were saying this is such a weird uh, direction for Steve McQueen to go in yeah because it's a, like if, if you're selling it it's a heist film yeah but yeah uh, Especially but, with the heaviness of his previous ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not as frivolous and entertaining as you'd say uh, Ocean's Eight was. Um, there is a lot of there is a lot of heaviness of it in it. Like there's a lot to do with like mourning and the craziness that I can bring and the random decisions you make when you're uh, in the worst state of you know proper mourning. Uh, there's a lot to do with guilt. There's a lot to do with uh, current and medical uh, American political climate. Um, it's not a hugely fun film. You might go in expecting, you know, ooh, a heist thriller, but it, it is, there's a lot of emotional and intellectual weight behind it. But at the same time, it is uh, it is a heist thriller it's because there's elements in it where it is very exciting and is very tense uh, in ways that only Steve McQueen and Gillian Flynn combined could bring to, uh, to a genre film like this. I'm delighted to hear that it's actually... Oh, and Hans Zimmer does a score and it's great. Okay. Really good. Uh, it's very, like, the stuff that he did with Nolan. Oh, right, okay, because the most recent collaboration was Dunkirk. Obviously, and he really pulled the finger out for that one. <laughs> good work, Hans. He knows when to be good. <laughs> Hans pulled the finger out. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm genuinely uh, delighted to hear that it, it actually lived up to our expectations then as well. Yeah, you just have to go in knowing that this, like, the people expecting a Steve McQueen film might be like, oh, yeah. this is very mainstream for him. And then people expecting Ocean's 8 or Ocean's 11 or whatever will be like, oh, this is a bit heavy for a, a group of women who just want to steal a safe. Yeah. Um, so... 
you just kind of have to adjust your expectations going in. And yeah, if you do that, if, you, if you're smart enough to know in advance this is the director of 12 Years a Slave, slave yeah. the writer of Gone Girl, making a heist movie with Viola Davis, you'd be like, okay, this is, this is not sold. what you should be expecting. And yeah. that's that's what you should be sold on. Happy days. That's Widows. Uh, it's out, as we said, the 6th of November, not October. Shut up, Owen. Um, Stupid so, preview. So. <laughs> so looking forward to that one. Now, if you can't make it along to uh, either of those films or any of the other ones in the cinema over the next uh, couple of weeks, um, there is, and it is Halloween uh, now at the minute, Halloween season. So um, I decided to... I went all. I went. I went for a horror film. Did you watch the orphanage on DVD? I went for a horror film. Can I get it back? <sighs> I went for a horror film. I actually went for a horror comedy because oh, I kind of half was it like it always goes for a horror comedy. Hotel um, Transylvania. I to go for last week. The guest, which obviously is like kind of pitch black in places as well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this week it's on Netflix. It's only an hour and a half, and it will completely um, it turns all your expectations of horror genres ah. upside down. Uh, it's written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, oh. and it is, of course, the cabin in cabin the woods, in the woods. Which I remember seeing, going to see it at the cinema uh, whenever it was released, and just falling in love with it at the time, and uh, bumped into somebody uh, afterwards, and they had been at something else, and they were like, they had actually walked out of the cabin in the woods, and they were like, loads of people were laughing at it, and like they they just clearly did not get that it was meant to be. Um, hilarious because you have Richard Jenkins and uh, well for anybody who hasn't seen it it sets it up as a very cliched stereotypical um, kind of slasher film in the woods young beautiful teenagers uh, driving off into the woods for played by 30 year old Chris Hemsworth yeah so Chris Hemsworth (laughs) is in there and uh, not sure who the other kids are but he's a he's a main one but as I said the supporting cast uh, around him with uh, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford which West Wing fans will know and love um yeah, it just it takes a couple of turns, and uh, you you don't see them coming. I, I don't can I don't want to ruin the surprise of, of what it actually is. But the Fair. cabin in the woods. Um, if you're in uh, the mood for something scary but not too scary, and something funny, but uh, nah, it is very funny. Um, it's available on Netflix to watch. Is that okay? The Merman, the that? Merman in that film will always <laughs> slay me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's very uh, very. It's funny. great. Yeah. yeah. So cabin in the woods. Thumbs up. Fans of that film. Uh huh. Yeah. Massively, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> You're right. It does yeah, have the I'm greatest okay. credits reveal ever when they're just talking about insurance and then the like the title just comes on out of nowhere. I'll have to go back and watch, watch it, it so I can see that again. Yeah, it's a very, very yeah. nice start. Um so it's now time for our competition high clue. As we said, we've got a couple of really cool competitions coming up. We do have Quizich coming up. Quizich. Yeah, we, we got there. Um, it's uh, Ireland's biggest Harry Potter super fan quiz. So uh, if you and your pals, everyone is so eager to show off how much of a Harry Potter fan they are. Mm. And everyone's like, I know way more than you. My wants bigger um, <laughs> It most certainly <laughs> is. Uh, so that will be coming up later on in November. So keep an eye out and Joe how to enter that one. But for now, we do have a competition high clue. Um, do I have it written down here somewhere? Well, first of all, congratulations to Lex Jackson. Uh, who got last week's high clue correct. That is an awesome name. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Not only did he get last week's high clue correctly, he also took over... Oh shit, what's the name of it? Metropolis. You're going to say Metropolis. (laughs) Uh, Lex Jackson correctly guessed Sounds like he's a Cars character or something. Like like Lightning McQueen and Lex Lex Jackson. Lex Jackson. Last week's high clue was Magical Ticket, Big Screen Arnold Braunschweiger, I on Lannister. That was so easy. You said it was really easy. I got it like Like from the first two words. 
But I, I was saying like loads of films have magic. Name, You're like name, name one other name film one. with a magical ticket. Show I'll girls. name you. I'll name you a film <laughs> with a magical ticket. It is of course Last Action Hero, and that was the answer to the Highclere magical ticket uh, because the little boy. Um, Gets, he gets given uh, a magical <laughs> ticket uh, that allows the film within the film to become real life for him. I uh, think, have you watched this recently? Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I loved it. What's the name? Jack, it. Is it Jack Slater? Is that the name of... Uh, oh, that's Ernst Arnold Schwarzenegger's Jack, Jack uh, character. Uh, so the middle line was big screen Arnold Braunschweiger. Uh, big screen, obviously, uh, because he appears on the big screen within the film Arnold Braunschweiger is he can't get Arnold Schwarzenegger can't get his own name right uh, and calls himself Arnold Braunschweiger uh, the famous comedian um, and then the final line is I on Lannister the Lannister was in relation to Tywin Lannister played by Charles Dance who plays one of the bad guys in this and uh, it's uh, I on him because the good guys are keeping an eye on him and as well as that he's got a fake uh, glass eye as well mm-hmm. so there you go last action hero perfect too easy Nailed too it. easy I'm not so sure. Magical, anyway. magical ticket. Can you name one other film with a yep. magical ticket in it? Congratulations to Lex Jackson. <laughs> this week's competition. <laughs> I Hold on. This week's competition. I heard I your question and I refuse to acknowledge it. To ignore it. I'm it's taking full, the high ground. Full Trump press conference. <laughs> <laughs> so here it is. Are you ready? Are you ready? You just. Yes. You're not even right. I think you're like it's so easy. Him, Rory, no, 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 no. Please listen. You. Please listen. Here we go. Here we go. Five <laughs> syllables. <laughs> Seven <laughs> syllables. Time traveler's wife. I hands over one's power. Is that E Y E? The I in that one is E Y E. Yeah, and one's power is one apostrophe S. And the final line is detective dragon. Those three lines again are time traveler's wife. I hands over one's power. Detective dragon. I have it. Do okay. you actually have it? Yeah. I got it from the first sentence. Time Traveler's Wife. Okay. Okay. I remember this isn't for us. I know. Don't be shouting yeah, it out. Okay, okay. This is for Lex Jackson. This Get it, Lex this Jackson. This one's for you, Lex. You Lex we'll, we'll give you the answer if you get back Metropolis, <laughs> damn it. Uh, um, so, something incredibly exciting uh, has happened. We're it's the return of the Megment. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. The Megman too. Uh, if you've been if you've been keeping <laughs> an eye on the news, and I actually uh, if you've been keeping an eye on the news, I believe CNN broke it last night. If you've been keeping an eye on the real adult news, <laughs> they have broken the story that uh, Jason Statham is back to take on. Uh, well, the state hasn't been signed up yet. Oh, has he not? Yes. No. But I presume. No one has. has as I, as I wrote in my article, they're going to drive a dump truck full of money to his house and make him sign <laughs> for those damn seven more films. Because it's an eight-book series. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, Inexplicably. <laughs> so the Meg was grand. It, it kind of it let us down a wee bit. We were so Punched worried. a and damn shark in the face. Roy was, was the, the world's leading expert on the Meg. Not the greatest film ever made, as it turns out. But, but uh, it could have been. It could have been. But now there's hope that the sequel will be back and uh, it will be the greatest film ever made when and it, Paul it made like nearly 600 million at the box Sweet office it's, it's one of those films you're like oh it, it did remarkably well for a film that everyone seemed to complain about <laughs> <laughs> Paul you uh, you wrote the, the breaking news story on the fact that the Meg 2 uh, is coming but uh, one of my favourite things about it are your various titles oh yeah for what the Meg what is, 2 could what be come up with? okay so it's time as we said it's uh, <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water sure. because the Meg strikes back okay, yeah, okay. that's standard uh, Too Fin Too Furious Rory suggested that one yeah. the Meg 2 Electric Megaloo 
big fan. It's of always it. I'm always a fan of the Electric Boogaloo ones. Uh, the Meg Father Part Two, yeah. which is uh, adds a bit of class to it because it's like the Meg's father could legit yeah, yeah. show up. Fair for point. The sequel. Fair point. Uh, we also have uh, the Meg Two: The Legend of Meggie's Gold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meg Two: Cruise Control. Standard on the water again. Yeah, yeah that's okay, fine. Yeah, uh, another personal favorite here: Indiana Meg and the Kingdom of the Crystal Meg. That's a lot. It's, yeah, it's double mention. Double mention of the Meg in there. And uh, last but not least, we have Legally Meg Two. Red, white, and blue. Red, dead, and Meg. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Meg hard with a vengeance. Yeah. And then uh, the very final one: Meg Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Meg. Again, double Meg reference there. There's a, there's a, we got seven more books, people. There's a there's room for. I'm all so those happy. Titles. All he needs so to happy do, the Megment is back. Show him, show blood, have the Meg fuck up some people, and Statham has to punch the shark at some stage. Just exactly, and that's you're all, all I want, <laughs> and that's it. Dear Hollywood, let us write the Meg too. Okay, electric bugger Meg. Do you know what? We're actually uh, we know how much you love the big review ski. We're actually going to be taking a, a wee break uh, just because we are have we've been signed up to write the Meg too. So that's what we're away. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the have moment that Rory and Paul have found out. It will be news. tough to review. It is going to be <laughs> we're gonna, a, a five two, stars all right. A two character film with a shark and Jason Statham, but we'll make it work. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Like it's going to be. Uh, what the, what was that film with uh, Robert Redford? All is lost, but it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just Statham on a shark. Perfect. So uh, punching it for ninety minutes. Yeah. No. I'm, listen. I'm here for um, thanks for listening. We'll see you, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. We're off to write. Uh, I'm going to go for the Meg Father Part Two. Is that your fave? I think it is. I'm surprised you didn't come up with your own one. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we Drum go. roll. Here we go. And Meg is born. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna steal that one okay I'm raging I can't actually think of oh right because there are other do you want me to tee up with the drum roll again the haunting of Meg House oh that's so shit oh yeah, what a great. what a crap thing to end on we'll see you next time <laughs> Meglander 2, The Meganing. <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one. Bill and Meg's bogus journey. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that one. That's good. Sister Meg 2, back in the habit. Okay, I've literally just Googled films here. 28 Meg's later. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Meg's? <laughs> that's not a sequel, that's just a movie. Oh, shite. Hotel Meg 2. That's is that like from That's Hotel Transylvania? Oh right, right. They're that. getting worse. We can do this. Let me see. Dawn of the Meg. Alvin and the Chip Megs. The Squeakwell. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Alvin and the Chip Megs. Meg wrecked. <laughs> Mannequin two on the Meg. On the Meg. Hmm. Oh, we ran out of these pretty fast. We really did. I thought we, I thought this would go better. <laughs> Teen Meg 2 Wall Street Meg never sleeps <laughs> Air Meg <laughs> From Air Bud Captain America The Meg Soldier Basic Instinct 2 Meg Addiction Hmm um, Batman vs Superman Meg of Justice Yeah nah. This started This used to be fun I'm not sure that's true <laughs> We'll see you next time <laughs>